It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus chapter 24 of autobiography of a seaman volume 2 this is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Timothy Ferguson. Autobiography of a Seaman, Volume 2, by Lord Thomas Cochrane. Chapter 24. A Naval Study for All Time. It will be asked, how is it that the matters recorded in the present volume are, after the lapse of fifty years, for the first time made public. The reply is that it was not until after the publication of the preceding volume that I have been enabled to place the subject in a comprehensible point of view, and that only through the high sense of justice manifested by the late and present First Lords of the Admiralty in furnishing me with charts and logs access to which was prohibited by former Boards of Admiralty. On several previous occasions the attempt has been made but from the obstinate refusal of their predecessors to afford me access to documents by which alone truth could be elicited, it has not hitherto been in my power to arrive at any more satisfactory result than that of placing my own personal and unsupported statements in opposition to the sentence of a court-martial. The necessary materials now being conceded in such a way as to enable me to prepare them for publication in detail, it is therefore for the first time in my power to vindicate myself. A brief recapitulation of former refusals, as well as of the manner in which I became possessed of such documentary testimony, as will henceforth exhibit facts in a comprehensive point of view, is desirable as placing beyond dispute matters which would otherwise be incredible. My declaration previous to the court-martial, that it was in my capacity as a member of the House of Commons alone, that I intended to oppose a vote of thanks to Lord Gambier, on the ground that no service had been rendered worthy of so high an honour, will be fresh in the remembrance of the reader, and also that when, at the risk of entrenchment on the privilege of Parliament, the Board of Admiralty called upon me officially to accuse his Lordship, I referred them to the logs of the fleet for such information relative to the attack in A. Rhodes as they might require. It nevertheless became evident that I was regarded as his Lordship's prosecutor, though throughout the trial excluded from seeing the charts before the court, hearing the evidence, cross-examining the witnesses, or even listening to the defence. On the acquittal of Lord Gambier, the Ministry did not submit the vote of thanks to Parliament till six months afterwards, viz. in the session of the following year, 1810. To myself, however, the consequences were, as Lord Mulgrave had predicted, immediate, bringing me forthwith under the full weight of ministerial displeasure, the Board of Admiralty prohibited me from joining the Imperius in the Scheldt. 
the effect of this prohibition in a manner so marked as to be unmistakable as to its cause produced on my mind a natural anxiety to lay before the public the reasons for a proceeding so unusual and as a first step i requested of the board permission to inspect the charts upon which in opposition to the evidence of officers present at the attack the decision of the court-martial had been made to rest the request was evaded both then and afterwards even though persisted in up until the year eighteen eighteen when it was officially denied that the original and most material chart was in the possession of the admiralty even inspection of a copy admitted to be in their possession was refused an assertion of this nature might be dangerous were not ample proof at hand it having come to my knowledge from certain affidavits filed in the court of admiralty by mr stokes the master of lord gambier's flagship on whose chart the acquittal of lord gambier had been based that after the lapse of eight years from the court-martial material alterations had been made by permission of the board itself and under the direction of one of its officers i naturally became suspicious that the charts might otherwise have been tampered with the more so as neither at the court-martial nor at any period subsequent to it had i ever been allowed to obtain even a sight of the charts in question the very circumstances were suspicious on the application for head money to the court of admiralty in eighteen seventeen the court had refused to receive mr stokes's chart on account of its palpable incorrectness on this mr stokes applied to the admiralty for permission to alter his chart the permission was granted and in this altered state it was received by the court of admiralty which on mr stokes's authority decreed that the head money should be given to the whole fleet contrary to the act of parliament instead of the ships which alone had taken part in the destruction of the enemy's vessels fearful that material erasures or additions had been made i once more applied to the board for permission to inspect the alterations the request was again refused though my opponents had been permitted to make what alterations and erasures they pleased the following are extracts from the above-mentioned affidavits of mr stokes extract from the affidavit sworn before the high court of admiralty on the thirteenth of november eighteen seventeen of thomas stokes master of the caledonia as to the truth of the manuscript chart upon which the acquittal of lord gambier was based before the court of admiralty rejected his chart and before the alterations were made Quote, and this deponent maketh oath that the annexed paper writing marked with the letter a being a chart of the a roads is a true copy made by this deponent of an original french chart found on board the french frigate la armide in september eighteen o six which original chart is now in the hydrographic office in the admiralty and by comparing the same with the original chart he is enabled to depose and does depose that the said chart is correct and true and that the soundings therein stated accurately describe the soundings at low water to the best of his judgment and belief footnote begins the original was neither produced at the court-martial nor before the court of admiralty a far greater and more deliberate error will appear in a future chapter End author's note extract from a second affidavit sworn by mr stokes before the high court of admiralty on the seventeenth of april eighteen eighteen after the court had refused to admit his chart from its incorrectness and after the alterations had been made quote, appeared personally thomas stokes master in the royal navy and made oath that the original manuscript chart found on board the french frigate la amide and marked a annexed to his affidavit on the thirteenth of november eighteen seventeen were delivered at the hydrographic office at the admiralty and this deponent for greater convenience of reference inserted a scale of a nautic mile the original manuscript chart having only a scale of french toises 
that inserting a scale of a nautic mile the deponent had allowed a thousand french toises to a nautic mile and that mr walker the assistant hydrographer accordingly made the erasures which now appear on the face of the chart etc in these affidavits mr stokes first distinctly swore that his chart copied from a french manuscript was correct secondly when detected by the court of admiralty that it was incorrect thirdly that the original was deposited in the hydrographic office at the admiralty my application to sir john barrow then hydrographer to the admiralty was as follows letter begins may fourth eighteen eighteen sir as it appears by the affidavit of which i enclose a copy that two charts of a Rhodes, the one stated to be a copy of the other were deposited in the hydrographic office and that one purporting to be the copy has been delivered up for the purpose of being exhibited as evidence on the part of my opponents in a cause now pending in the high court of admiralty and as it further appears that an alteration in the last mentioned chart was made by mr stokes and a further alteration by mr walker assistant hydrographer i have to request that the right honourable the lords commissioners will be pleased to permit me to see the other or original chart of mr stokes still remaining at the hydrographic office in order that i may be enabled to judge for myself of the nature and effect of the alterations now acknowledged to have been made on the charts the reasonableness of this request will i presume be manifest to their lordships and the more especially seeing that my opponents are not only allowed similar access but have been permitted to withdraw one of the said charts for the purpose of exhibiting it in evidence notwithstanding that a variation from the original has been avowedly made therein i have etc cochrane sir john barrow hydrographer etc letter ends to this request sir john barrow on the sixth of may returned the following refusal letter begins as mr stokes's charts have been restored to him and a copy made for the use of the office i am directed to acquaint your lordship that my lords cannot comply with your request in respect to the original chart and as to the copy of the chart made in this office and now remaining here their lordships do not feel themselves at liberty to communicate it i have the honour etc john barrow Later ends. this refusal was accompanied by the following copy of a minute from the admiralty in which it was pretended that stokes had only lent the original chart to the hydrographer's office to be copied for the use of the hydrographic department though it had been made use of to acquit an admiral to the rejection of the charts of the fleet as will presently be seen Quote, mr stokes lent the original chart to the hydrographer's office to be copied for the use of that department mr stokes then went abroad on his return he applied for his chart which being mislaid they gave him the copy stokes finding the alteration objected to in a court of law applied about a month since for his own chart the original of which was restored to him copy being made twenty three one hundred and forty one one hundred and forty seven minute ends to this singular communication and minute i returned the subjoined reply Quote, thirteen henrietta street covent garden eighteenth of may eighteen eighteen sir your letter of the sixth of may was delivered to me as i was going out of town consequently i had no opportunity of referring to documents which i have since consulted in order to refute the statements which the lords of the admiralty appear to have received you inform me by command of their lordships that it appears by a report from the hydrographer that mr stokes had become possessed of the original chart which he lent to the hydrographer's office for the use of that department this appears to imply that mr stokes became possessed of the original chart at the time of the attack in the charente under lord gambier whereas mr stokes made oath that it was taken from the armide in eighteen o six two years and a half previous to the attack in question 
as it does not appear from the minutes of the court-martial on lord gambier that the original chart was then produced and as it is not now forthcoming in the cause now pending in the court of admiralty i am compelled to disbelieve its existence or at least to believe that it underwent material alterations after it came into mr stokes's possession the original ought to have been exhibited with the copy at the trial of lord gambier and both either were or ought to have been filed at the office of the admiralty with the minutes of the proceedings but whether either are so filed their lordships have not permitted me to ascertain if the original were filed it could not afterwards have been lent by mr stokes to the hydrographer's office to be copied for the use of that department even had the copy only been filed sworn as it was by mr stokes to be correct there could have been no necessity if mr stokes was deemed worthy of belief for the hydrographer to borrow the original eight years have elapsed since the court-martial on lord gambier you inform me that mr stokes on his return from abroad applied for his chart accordingly which chart happening to be mislaid he was furnished with the copy in question viz that made for the use of the hydrographer's department it is important to observe that this is completely at variance with the affidavit of mr stokes who swears that he himself made the copy and that both the copy and the original were delivered at the hydrographic office it cannot fail to be observed that to deliver a chart at the hydrographic office and to lend a chart to be copied for the use of that department the language of the letter before me are different expressions conveying widely different meanings it is also material to observe that it is strange alterations at all should have been made on a chart represented to be a copy of an original and exhibited as evidence in a court of law that such original is not forthcoming is a very material and a very suspicious circumstance if it be true or if there really be any other chart than that which is described as a copy and admitted to be altered i may fairly infer that such altered copy differs so materially and so fraudulently from the original or that the original so called is itself so palpable a fabrication or has so obviously been altered that mr stokes and his employers do not dare to exhibit it in a court of law and have withdrawn it from the hydrographer's office for the purpose of suppressing so convincing a proof of the fraud practised on lord gambier's trial exclusive of the glaring contradiction between the statements of mr stokes on the court-martial and that which you have been commanded to make to me when it is considered that mr stokes is detected in having altered a document which he exhibits in a court of law as a correct copy of an original and that he is no sooner detected than he endeavours to defend the alteration by declaring that it proceeded from the hydrographer's office where the original was deposited and that upon such a defence leading to an application for leave to inspect the original answer is made that such original had merely been borrowed from mr stokes and had been returned to him at his own request and that request too made in consequence of the alteration in the alleged copy having been detected it is impossible not to infer a juggle between mr stokes the hydrographic office and others whom i shall not here undertake to name for the purpose of defeating the ends of justice cochrane sir john barrow hydrographer etc readers note letter ends receiving no reply to this letter i subsequently addressed the following to the secretary of the admiralty readers note letter begins nine bryanston street portman square second of july eighteen eighteen sir i feel it proper to enclose to you as secretary of the admiralty a copy of an affidavit accompanied by a general outline of the chart of the basque roads the originals of which are filed in the high court of admiralty by which their lordships will clearly perceive that five more ships of the line might and ought to have been taken or destroyed had the enemy been attacked between daybreak and noon on the twelfth of april and i have to request sir that you will have the goodness to lay these documents before their lordships 
as well as the enclosed printed case which they have already partially seen in manuscript with my respectful and earnest desire that their lordships may be pleased to cause the facts therein set forth to be verified by comparing them with the original documents logs charts and records in their lordships possession i am the more solicitous that the present lords commissioners of the admiralty should adopt this mode of proceeding as it will enable them decisively to judge on a subject of great national importance and also to ascertain what a portion of the public know that it is not by false evidence from among the lower class of society alone that my character has been assailed in order not only to perpetuate the concealment of neglect of duty but to prevent an exposure of the perjury forgery and fraud by which that charge was endeavoured to be refuted i beg sir that you will assure their lordships on my part that as a deep sense of public duty alone induced me formally to express a hope that the thanks of parliament might not be pressed for the conduct of the affair in basque roads so in addition to that feeling which has made me disregard every private interest i have formed a fixed determination never whilst i exist to rest satisfied till i expose the baseness and wickedness of the attempts made to destroy my character which i value more than my life as the affidavits of captains robert kerr and robert hockings which as well as my own are filed in the high court of admiralty may immediately be made the subject of indictment in a court of law and as the proceedings in the admiralty court have been put off under the pretence of obtaining further evidence in support of the misstatements of those officers and the claims of lord gambier i have respectfully to request that when the lords commissioners of the admiralty shall have instituted an inquiry into the logs charts and documents and ascertained the conduct of the before-named officers they will be pleased to cause public justice to be done in a matter involving the character of the naval service so deeply if sir through their lordships means a fair investigation shall take place it will be far more gratifying than any other course of proceeding i have the honour to be etc etc cochrane john wilson croker esq secretary etc admiralty readers note letter ends after the above correspondence i gave up as hopeless all further attempts to obtain even so much as a sight of the charts without which any public explanation on my part would have been unintelligible in the year eighteen nineteen when nearly ruined by law expenses fines and deprivation of pay in despair moreover of surmounting the unmerited obloquy which had befallen me in england i accepted from the chilean government an invitation to aid in its war of independence and moved with lady cochrane and our family to south america in the vain hope of finding amongst strangers that sympathy which though interested might in some measure compensate for the persecutions of our native land author's note the malice of offended faction pursued me even to this remote part of the globe in the shape of a foreign enlistment act fifty ninth george the third cap sixty nine this act was introduced by the attorney-general sir samuel shepherd for the express purpose of preventing any one from assisting the south american states then at war with spain the act being thus especially levelled at me though injuriously driven from the service of my own country i will not attempt to describe the agonised feelings of this even temporary exile under such circumstances from my country in whose annals it had been my ambition to secure an honourable position no language of mine could convey the mental sufferings consequent on finding aspirations founded on exertions which ought to have justified all my hopes frustrated by the enmity of an illiberal political faction which regarded services to the nation as nothing when opposed to the interests of party on my return to england from causes which will appear in the sequel the subject of the charts was not again officially renewed latterly however considering that at my advanced age there was a probability of quitting the world with the stigma attached to my memory of having been the indirect cause 
of bringing my commander-in-chief to a court-martial though in reality the charges were made by the admiralty i determined to make one more effort to obtain these documents which alone could justify the course i had deemed it my duty to pursue in the hope that the more enlightened policy of modern times might concede the boon which a former period of political corruption had denied i applied to sir john pakington late first lord of the admiralty for permission to inspect such documents relative to the affair of a Rhodes as the board might possess permission was kindly and promptly granted by sir john pakington but lord derby's ministry going out of office before the boon could be rendered available it became necessary to renew the application to the successor of the right honourable baronet viz his grace the duke of somerset who promptly complied with the request the reader may judge of my surprise on discovering in its proper place bound up amongst the naval records in the usual official manner the very chart the possession of which had been denied by a formal board of admiralty the duke of somerset moreover with a consideration for which i feel truly grateful ordered that whatever copies of charts i might require should be supplied by the hydrographic office so that by the kindness of captain washington the eminent hydrographer to the board tracings of the suppressed charts have been made and are now appended to this volume his grace further ordered that the logs of lord gambier's fleet should be submitted to the inspection of mr earp with permission to make extracts an order fully carried out by the courtesy of mr lascelles of the record office to the extent of the logs in his possession it is therefore only after the lapse of fifty-one years and in my own eighty-fifth year a postponement too late for my peace but not for my justification that i am from official documents and proofs deduced from official documents which were from the first and still are in the possession of the government enabled to remove the stigma before alluded to and to lay before the public such explanation of the fabricated chart together with an admiralty copy of the chart itself as from that evidence shall place the whole matter beyond the possibility of dispute it will in the present day be difficult to credit the existence of such practices and evil influences of party spirit in past times as could permit an administration even for the purpose of preserving the prestige of a government to claim as a glorious victory a neglect of duty which to use the mildest terms was worth a naval and a national dishonour the point which more immediately concerns myself is however this that the verdict founded on this fabricated chart together with the subsequent official enmity directed against me in consequence of my determination to oppose the vote of thanks to lord gambier was preserved in year after year till it reached its climax in the consequences of that subsequent trial which was made the pretext of driving me from the navy in defiance of the remonstrance of the board of admiralty itself i have not long been aware of the latter fact admiral collier has recently informed me that sir w j hope then one of the naval lords of the admiralty told him that considering the sentence passed against me cruel and vindictive he refused to sign his name to the decision of the board by which my name was struck off the navy list readers note the folders a map which is titled chart a and is captioned tracing from the official french chart of the isles of re and d'oleron tendered to the court-martial by lord cochrane and rejected end of chapter 24 recording by timothy ferguson gold coast australia